Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. And we just lift our hearts to him one more time. Hallelujah. Because he is worthy. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a great presence of the Lord that is here today. And, uh, of course, a lot of that is because you are here and your heart is engaged and you want to give Him your worship. No No one else can do that for you. You can't. Amen. You have to give Him your personal, personal worship with your signature on it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Uh, Brother Cliff, if you could turn those track lights down for me, that I would appreciate that. Amen. And uh, Brother Tim, good to see you here today. Amen. Bless you. I know have not been able to attend in a while, and it's great to see you. Amen. And uh, our guests in the back... Nice to have you with us here today also, and of course, this young man right up front here. All right. Um, Wow, the ladies' conference, huh? 403 ladies in attendance. That's like, that's a big number. Might be be an all-time high. And I know, I think the men's conference was a record, I think, close to it. What it, it lets you know that people are hungry for a live, amen, a live church service. That virtual reality stuff, you know, has a purpose, but uh, the church was never meant to go virtual. It was meant to be a live thing. Hallelujah. All right. Going to call your attention to the book of Genesis, chapter number 26. And going to read verses 15, 18, and 25. So we don't have to spend a lot of time reading, but we'll come back there. But these three scriptures kind of will serve as the foundation here for what we've got to speak on this morning. Verse 15 says, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. So here you have the Philistines. They're filling in, they're they're burying these wells that Abraham had dug and that uh, Isaac uh, is trying to make a go of it here. And it says, and then he, Isaac, Isaac built an altar there, 
He arrived at a particular place. He built an altar. He called upon the name of the Lord. He pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. And I would like to speak to you on the thought this morning, simply, well diggers. Amen. And if you would, join with me. Hallelujah. And uh, pray that the Lord would touch us here today. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the privilege that you have gathered this assembly together here today. And God, we ask, Lord, that you would anoint us to help us, help us to minister your word here today. And God, only you can minister to the heart and the mind. But we pray that you would do so, Lord, and we will give you the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Isaac is an unusual character when it comes to the patriarchs in the Bible. I mean, we hear a lot about Abraham. We hear a lot about Jacob. But Isaac is kind of, except for that trip to Mount Moriah, you don't hear a lot about him. It's been said that Isaac was the mediocre son of a great father, Abraham, of course, and the mediocre father of a great son, Jacob. One thing that he did was he filled that gap, and he was the promised son of Abraham. Isaac understood he was his father Abraham's son of promise. More than that, in Genesis 25 and 11, says, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham, listen carefully, that God blessed his son Isaac which meant that he, not Ishmael, was God's chosen vessel to keep the covenant as well as the blessing God had established with Abraham in building a nation of dedicated people who would love and worship the great Jehovah God of the Old Testament. Do you believe that? Say amen. Abraham was a great man of faith, but he was only a man. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we put too much emphasis on the man instead of the blessing that can only come from God. We're told in Genesis 25 and 5, Abraham, like all men, Abraham gave up, or he gave all that he had to Isaac. Abraham, everything he had, he gave to Isaac. He loved Isaac. He gave him everything he had. And I never had a son. I got two daughters. But I would imagine that if uh, I only had one child, ultimately everything that I had would go to that child. But the Bible tells us in verse number 8 of chapter number 25, it says, But Abraham gave up the ghost and died. You see, God's... He only operates through humanity. He doesn't, if, if, if the job's going to get done, it gets done through you and I. We're it. Now, every once in a while, he'll pick out a donkey, and he'll pick out a, a whale, or he'll pick out a rooster, or a raven. But when it comes to the plan of salvation, the only way that the job gets done is people loving people enough 
that they move and they allow the blessing of the gospel to go through them and move the. We are a conduit. We are a channel. And men will die, but the plan of God will never die, and the blessing that goes along with the promise of God will never die. The promise of God will never die. The blessing of God will never die. And it simply, it moves through another willing vessel. Brother Ali, thank you for that lesson. God's blessing never dies. It simply finds another vessel to move the message through. And listen, I I think sometimes, as I stated before, sometimes we put too much emphasis on men. And I don't uh, belittle those, our forefathers, that have done great things. Understand? But sometimes we, I have seen time and time again where people will not let somebody die that's been dead for five years, okay? Listen, you now are the conduit of the blessing of God. Abraham's dead. Moses is dead. Brother Ali, Paul is dead. But I'm here to remind you this morning that the blessing and the promise of God, it does not die. It just finds another willing, open, empty vessel to channel His blessings through to another generation. Amen. I understand that the person that preached God's blessing into our lives on some of us has already given up the ghost. I love that when the Bible says that. He gave up the ghost. That's a good way of placing, you know, of writing and somebody kicked the bucket, right? I like that. But listen, it, it happens. The important thing is that God's blessing is alive in your life and that you are digging wells along this thing called life's journey. You've got to keep digging wells in order for God to keep moving in your life. Genesis 25 and 11 says, And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. Isaac was dwelling or living by the well Laharoi, which means well of the living one who sees me. That's a good place to be hanging out. But it's a place where God heard the cry of Hagar and her son Ishmael. The next chapter informs us, listen carefully, and there was a famine in the land. It was different beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. The Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down into Egypt. He says, Isaac, there's no reason you've got the blessing of God in your life. There's no reason for you to go down into Egypt just because there's a famine in the land. Hello. He says, Stay in this land. Excuse me, back up. He says, dwell in the land that I shall tell you of. 
he said, and Isaac goes into a place called Gerar. And there, he says, stay in this land. I will be with you and bless you. And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Chapter number 26 and verse number 12. Listen carefully. Then Isaac sowed in that land, the famine land, the place that was dry, the place where there was no bread. But he had the blessing of God in his life. God said, you stay right here because you're the one that the blessing of God is in. And the Bible says that he sowed in that land and received in the same year a 100-fold blessing. And the Lord blessed him. There is no famine that can take away the blessing of God if He has put it in your life. It can't happen. What's a hundredfold blessing? Somebody tell me. You invest one dollar and how many do you get back? Whoa. You invest a thousand, what do you get back? Get back a lot, don't you? You understand? Is it that's the God that we serve? Abraham is gone. He's the father of the faithful. In fact, you, if you want to get down to, you know, to the covenants of God, he is the father basically of the church. But Abraham is dead, but the faith that was started in him is not dead, and the blessing and the promise that came from God through him now to Isaac, it's not dead. And the world, no matter how dry and thirsty it gets out there, they cannot take away my blessing that only came from heaven's throne. You cannot take away the blessing of God. I can, you can continue to sow this good seed of the gospel even in a dry and barren land, and God said, you watch what happens. I will produce something if you will sow the seed. Some believe, some don't believe. That's what happened to Paul, you know, at the end of his life. and He writes in the book of Acts, some believe, some didn't believe. How could you not believe Paul, right? The Bible, now listen to this. And, and Isaac became rich during a famine. And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. We're told he had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Famine can't stop the blessings of God in your life. Listen carefully to the Old Testament blessing of God that was to be spoken into the lives of God's people once the Levitical priesthood was established by God. Listen carefully. This is so powerful. Number 622. 
This is what God wants for your life. Okay? This is what God wants to put into your life. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you, and keep you, and protect you, and sustain you, and guard you. And may the Lord make His face shine upon you with favor, the Amplified Version, and be gracious to you. Surrounding you with loving kindness, the Lord lift up His countenance or His face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. So Aaron and his son shall put my name, my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Can I tell you this morning? that every time I baptize a person by the authority of the Word of God, I am transferring the New Testament blessing of God into your life in all of its glory, in all, I said, in all of the glory that is contained in the name of Jesus Christ. When you are baptized in His name, I want you to know that the blessing of God is flowing into your life. When He fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, friend, you have got His blessing upon you. And there is nothing that can take it away from you. It's in the name. Oh, those words, Isaac sowed in the land of famine, received the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. Why is it that some people have a hundredfold blessing and some have a thirtieth? Whose fault is that? It must be God's fault. Right? It must be God's fault, Brother Ron. Why is it that some of you got a hundredfold and I'm stuck here on 30? Must be God. God, you treat me and No. No. Not God's fault. It is how much do you want? And the Bible says, And Isaac became great, gained more and more until he became wealthy, extremely distinguished, one version says. And the Philistines envied him. And so they decided the way to stop the blessing of God in Isaac's life was to stop the flow of life-sustaining water that source was from the wells that his father Abraham had dug. That's the only way. That is the way that the enemy tries to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost from moving through you in a way that produces a hundredfold crop is that somebody is trying to, to stop up the well that has been dug in your life?
here's what it is. Isaac became great and gained more and more and more and until the Philistines said, hey, man, we got to put a stop on this thing. That's what they said about the church when it started. They said, hey, man, we got to put a stop on this thing. Let's throw them in jail. Let's, you know, let's beat them a few times. Let's tell them that they can't teach anymore in the name of Jesus, and we'll stomp this thing. Yeah, you can't stomp. Listen, you can't, st- you can't stomp on the blessing of God. Whether you accept it or not, whether you become a vessel or not, that's up to you. I'm here to remind you that you can be a vessel where the living water flows through your life if you choose to be a vessel. You just got to be hungry and thirsty. So they, they stopped up those wells, man. They said, all right, that's it. And Abimelech, the king of Gerar, told Isaac to move to the next town because he says, you're, you're too powerful for us. So Isaac left that region, verse number 17. He camped in a valley of Gerar, and he settled there. It says, now Isaac again dug and reopened the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, because the Philistines had filled them up with dirt, and he gave them the same names that his father had given them. But when the water began to flow again, the other herdsmen of the valley began to argue and claim water rights to the well. Upon hearing this, the Bible says, Isaac simply gave the well a name, Esek, which means quarreling, and he went on down the road and he dug another well. Hello. You understand? Is it Isaac knew that the well could not be stopped, it had to keep flowing. And he said, hey, he says, I'm just moving on. Bible says, and his servants dug another well. They quarreled over that one also. Isaac moved on. He gave it the name enmity or strife. Listen, world is full of strife and contention. The world around you is full of bitterness. The world around you will try to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost in your life any way that they can. They will come at you, whether it's family, finance, or famine, or health. They will come against you, and they will try to stop you from doing what you are supposed to be doing, Brother Ollie. The purpose of God is for this message to flow through you. It's alive. It's God's blessing, not you. You don't even own it. You don't own it. And so he called it enmity. He moved on, dug another well, the Bible says. This time, they did not quarrel over this one, so he named it Rehoboth, broad places, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be prosperous in the land. Now watch what happens. Verse 23. 
for reasons we are not told in the Bible, says Isaac moves, even though, okay, broad places, no quarreling, no bickering, but it was a prosperous place. But the Bible says that for reasons we're not told, Isaac moves 17 miles down the road to a place called Beersheba. Listen what happened. The very same night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless you and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. This, in my commentary, this is apparently why Isaac moved again. He was waiting on the Lord. He, as far as we know, he had not heard distinctly from the Lord himself. He had heard the story, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. But now he has moved to a place where, listen carefully, God's made room. God's made room. 17 miles at least, big enough. He moves down the road. And that same night, listen, see, you've, you've got to dig a well deep enough to where it makes room for you to live in peace with God and your neighbors. Oh, it really bothers me sometimes when people have confrontations, heated, angry, angry arguments with neighbors. You need to be careful. Or businesses. You got to be careful. I know a, a young man that uh, from the gym, and uh, he is, a, or he was anyway, he was a, a waiter at one of the local restaurants. We were talking, and he's came to church a couple of times, and and uh, he says, you know, he says sometimes I got to work on Sundays. I said, well, can't you get off? He says, no, because nobody wants to work on Sundays. I says, well, why? He says, because that's when all the church people come, at, and they are bad people. He says, they treat the waiters like. They don't, most, some of them don't give tips. They get angry because their food is burnt. He says, nobody wants to work on Sundays after church. I was floored. Because the people I hang out with, we go to a restaurant, we be the best tippers. We be the best people with smile on our faces saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We wait till after we get out, and then we run them. No, just kidding. <laughs> and we visit them on Google, and we give them the minus stars. No, that's what he said. But apparently, Isaac was waiting on hearing from the Lord himself. Think about that for a minute. 
God was blessing him. The promise of God was on him. You don't take Isaac out of the picture without disrupting the redemptive plan of God. He was the gap in the middle between Abraham and Jacob. But he needed to hear from the Lord on a personalized, Lord, remember he started out at the well that called the, the, the Lord has seen where you're at. God, he, maybe he was hanging out there because he was hoping and praying that that was a place like Hagar had had a visit from the voice of God that Maybe he would, but, but it didn't happen there. He dug wells and dug wells and he fought and he went on his journey. He kept on digging wells until finally that God made a place for him. And then he went on again. And uh, this time the Bible says that, that he heard from God. And the Lord said, not Abraham said that, Hey, Isaac, my blessing, God's blessing is on me and now I'm giving it to you. No, not this time. He heard from God. He says, hey, he says, I am the God of Abraham. Absolutely. He says, but I want you to know that the blessing and the promise that I put in your daddy, that blessing now is on you, son. This is the place, he said. Listen carefully, verse 25. And there it was that he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord. And there, listen carefully, and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. In other words, listen carefully. There is a place that God will speak to you and you alone on a personal basis. I remember walking into a place and I was so thirsty. My soul was crying out for a drink of that living water. And there was by faith an Abraham that was preaching God's blessing into my life that day. I want you to know, friend, that there was a place and a time in my life where God spoke to me, that was the place as an individual. He didn't speak through that person just for that person, but to me, that was the place Isaac said, all right, now I've got a personal, I got a personal visit from God. He says, this is a place. I'm going to build an altar right here on the spot. This is where I'm going to call on the name of my God. It was in this place called the Tri-Cities. That I heard from God. This was the place that I chose, Brother Clemson. 
This is a place that I heard from God. This is a place that I decided that I would build an altar to God. This is the place that I decided that I was going to call upon the name of Jesus Christ right here. Why? Because this was the place that He spoke His blessing and His promise into my life. This was the place that, that Sister Kathleen and I, that we decided this is a place where we will pitch our tent. This is the place. Pardon me for getting a little personal this morning. This is a place where we decided that we would dig a well. This is the place that I decided, and Kathleen of course is with me, but this was the place that I decided I cannot no longer live off somebody else's message. I can't live off the person that preached the blessing of God into my life. He had to dig his own well, and I had to dig my own well, folks. And you gotta dig your well. You can't stop digging. You gotta dig and dig and dig. Opposition will come. Contention will come. Maybe I'm preaching myself this morning. You just got to move forward. You just got to dig another well. You got to dig, you got to dig another well. You got to move on. You got to move forward. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than Abraham. It's bigger than Jacob. It's bigger than Isaac. Sons of thunder are dead. Chosen twelve are dead. That's why. Blessing of God is not dead. It's still moving. Jeff, it's still moving. The blessing is still moving. Sister Reyes, it's still moving. The message is still moving. The promises of God are still moving. The well of living water, it's still moving. It's still blessing people. It's still giving people hope. It's still filling them with an anticipation that, that there is more in life than just wealth and goods and services. Opposition will come. That's okay. I'll dig another well. Contention will come. That's all right. I'm going to dig another well. The key is there is living water under your feet. That's right. That's right. Every step, Abraham, every step you take, son. As far as you can see, every step you take, every step you take, that's going to be a blessed. That's going to be a blessed step. You understand? Listen, I learned 
a lesson a long time ago that God spoke to me a couple of different times, different areas. I was looking to try to do something for him. I knew I had to move. I had to move. But, but uh, I learned a lesson, and that was this. Now, this is God's will for my life, understand. I believe that he spoke to me and he said, GK, he said, listen, wherever you go, wherever you build an altar, wherever you choose to pitch your tent and dig your well, that's where I will be, son. I will bless you. I'll bless you. Because every under your feet, there is a living source of water. No matter where you go. You go on the job, under your very feet, there is a, there is a spring, uh, there's a well that is rising to the top that just wants to get outside of yourself and sprinkle on other folks. Everywhere you step. Everywhere you step. I'm telling you, it works in your 20s. It works in your 30s. It works in your 40s. It works in your 50s. It works in your 60s. And by the grace of God, it will work in my 70s. You understand? I'm, listen, I'm talking about the blessing of God that He has put into your life. You are a walking reservoir. And every step you take can be a new well. You and I do the digging. God is the one that fills the well. Brother Cliff, if you could, if you could put up Psalm 84, 4 through 7. I'm going to read. I got a little bit of it wrote down here, but if you can put it up, great. It says, Blessed and greatly favored are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Come on, folks. We're the praising kind of people. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're the praising kind of people. Somebody said, aren't you going to go see McCartney? Or how about Bob Dylan? Said, well, no. Don't tell anybody that sometimes I listen to that music, but don't tell nobody, all right? But no. I went to those places when I trying to find, when my soul was trying to find God. I seen the who. I seen Led Zeppelin. I seen the stones twice in one day. But, you know what that was all about? That was my soul reaching, reaching for a God to worship. It was my innermost being crying out, saying, 
I need to find God so I can express myself in worship and praise. I need to praise something. I need to praise somebody. I found Him. He's the blessing giver. His name is Jesus. And that's why I worship. That's why I praise Him. Because you know what? One of these days, uh, McCartney will die. One of these days, uh, Mick and Keith will die. But you know what? I am questioning, all right, whether the blessing of God will flow into their kinfolk. I'm not judging. I'm just questioning. But here's the deal, Brother Sam. I may not have a lot, but what I got, I believe that it's from God. And I'm here to, I'm here to, I'm watching them, Brother Tim. I'm still trying to dig a well because, and you are still here. You know what? You are a miracle of God, even right here today. You're a miracle of God. And you are one of the most faithful Men that I know when it comes to the house of God. You know why? Because that's a man that can understand God taking him out of heroin. Brother Kevin, taking you out of heroin and putting the blessing of God in your life. Removing the addiction. And the only thing we want to get high on, if you will, is a good old-fashioned Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I don't care about getting high out there. I believe, listen, I'm, I'm high all the time. Really, I am. They said, they will still be praising you. They will be singing your praises all day long. All day long. It says, blessed and greatly favored, listen carefully, is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is on the highway to Zion, or on the highway to heaven. I'm on the highway to heaven. There's a song out there that I don't agree with. I'm on the highway to heaven. I, I am. I'm, I'm on the good road. But listen to this. It says, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also fills the pool. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before God. You know what that valley of Baca was? It was called the valley of weeping. It was a place between Jordan and Jerusalem that the pilgrims had to pass through every time they went to the temple to worship their God. They had to go through that valley. And here's the deal, folks. They are just like you and me that we have had opposition through the past year. 
or the past week. But here we are. We're in the, they said, we're going to the house of God. And the Bible says that they may have brought their trials and their sufferings to that point. But when they stepped into that valley of weeping, they began to rejoice. And the Bible says that that valley was turned into a well of water. That's right. Because they knew they had direction in their life. They knew why. They knew the purpose. They were going to Jerusalem. They were going to the house of God. And when they got to the house of God, they were going to worship Him in a way that He had never been worshipped before. Passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a well. They're going from strength to strength. Every one of them appearing before God. That's right. And listen, it's a tough deal sometimes to have to deal with, you know, life and life situations in life. It can be tough. I've been there before. But you know what? And I, I say this carefully, and I say this cautiously. Is in. Death is the door to eternity. Brother McKeown, I know what's waiting on the other side of that door for me. <laughs> and I, you understand? There's only one way to get there until we get raptured, okay? But if we have to give up the ghost, guess what? That is the door to eternity with God. And I know it might hurt, but listen, when we step into a place of empathy and sympathy, listen, yes, we do that, right? We do that. You know why we can do that? You know why I can do that? You know why you can do that, Brother Alex? It's because there's this well of, of living water that's inside of me that understands it and that reaches out to people and says, hey man, I know, I know, I know, but listen, there's another day coming. And everything that you are touching in this journey of life, every, every step you take, you are, there is the potential for a well that you are standing on. You can build an altar at your neighbor. And I guarantee you, you build an altar there, and there will be a well there. That's right. I remember a story told about, I don't know who it was. Might have been Sister Mangum, I don't know. Story goes on an airline plane ride somewhere across country, and there was a uh, Muslim man that, kneeled on that airplane, and I guess he got his magic carpet out, and he began to, you know, he began to pray. And one of our old, old apostolics said, well, bless God. 
Watch it and learn. And they decided that they would get right out there in the middle of the aisle and they would begin to pray and call on the name of God. There's water underneath these feet. As you stand. Let's go to the well one more time. Wells of Abraham and Isaac are well documented in Scripture. And even though we don't find Jacob digging a well, we find mention of it. Whoa, somebody shows up at a well and they call it Jacob's well. We don't know who dug it, but we know that apparently everybody knew he owned it. That's right, he was God's man. He owned the well until Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up. The Bible says, I must needs go through. The religious system of the day, they were arguing over who owned the well. Jesus showed up at noontime, hot point of the day. He said, On, he sat. The Bible says, He sat on the well. You know how you're doing that? Sure. You don't own this well. He said, Watch and learn. Bible says that he waited for the right time because he knew that there was a Samaritan woman that had been married five times and she was shacking up again. She was coming to get a drink. The well that the religious system owned and were arguing over of that day, she had to come there in the dark hours of the night because of who she was. And the Lord said on that well, and he waited for her to come. We know the story. We know the story. And he says, give me to drink. And she said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am not good enough to give you a drink. He says, if you just knew who it was that's sitting on this well, he says, you would ask of me and I would give you living water. He, he was taking ownership of the well. Trust me, I had never felt so unworthy in my life that Jacob was. I was not good enough. Trust me, I was 
Jesus said that you only live but once. You don't have to live the living water. And she says, sir, that, she listened carefully. She says, sir, that well is deep. <laughs> that well is deep. The world, the religion of the world, there's how many, Lord only knows, I forget how many denominations of Christianity there are. I think they said like 30,000 or some crazy thing. I don't even know. But they have dug that well so deep. But all we need to know is that Jesus is the one sitting on the well. He's the one that claimed the well. He is the living water. And it don't matter to Him who you are or what you have done. He has dug a new well for you. at himself. He dug Listen. It's deep. I know Jesus said, I know it's deep, but he said they'll get over it once, once they understand who it is that's sitting here on this well. They'll get over it. This gospel. This gospel came from the well that he dug. Out of his side, they pierced him. Out of his side came blood and water. Blood and water. I'm a well digger today. Come on. How many well diggers we got in the house? We are well diggers. As long as I listen. As long as I build my altar and pitch my tent and call on the name of Jesus and dig a well, this blessing will continue to flow. But you are that same vessel today, you understand? Your vessel. This thing flows and flows and it moves and it moves. I'm going to ask you this morning, you are here, whatever your need is today. Whatever your need is today. I'm asking, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to persuade you that the Lord wants to meet with you personally today. Personally. And if you will come, if you will build an altar, and if you will call on the name of the Lord, and if you will pitch your tent, in the house of God. I guarantee you that the blessing of God will come into your life and He will bring healing. He will bring complete healing from whatever problems that you have. And you can take that blessing home with you.
And it will work on a Monday. And it will work on a Tuesday. And it will work in the hospital. And it will work when the check doesn't come in. Will you come? As they play and they sing, we invite each and every one of you. That's what she said at the time she fell in the, the day around. That bench is not a very secure. All right. She's she's okay. She's my wife. She's okay. But really and truly, if you will if you will come today, if you will come. And I know there, there's somebody here. There's somebody here. There's somebody here that you need to dig your own well. You've been living off somebody. You've been living off somebody else's well. It will not take you to the place that God wants you to get to. You have to. You have to hear from God. You have to build your altar. You've got to call on the name of God. And you've got to pitch your tent. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come on. Let's lift our hearts to Him. Let's lift our hearts to Him. We invite our guests, if you'd like to come down to the front, we have room for you. We have room for you if you'd like to come. We're not going to... We're not going to pressure you at all, but we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in that this altar is a place, hallelujah, that the Lord will meet with you. Oh, that's it. Come on. Come on. That's it. We're well diggers. Yeah, we're well diggers. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for the faithful of God. You have pitched your tent right here. You have built your altar right here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing your blessing into this place. Thank you for tapping into your source. Oh, come on. That's it. The Holy Ghost is here. Amen. 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 Yes. That's it. Give Him glory. Give Him glory. Give Him glory. Give Him glory. That's it. Come on. Give Him glory. 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 Give
In the name of Jesus. Worship Him with all of your heart. Worship Him with all of your heart. Jesus. Bless my brother. Bless my sister, Lord. Let the blessing flow. Let the blessing flow. Let the blessing flow. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. That's it. Oh, yes. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's it, Tim. That's it. That's it. Let him bless your soul. Let him bless your soul. Let him bless your soul. That's it. 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 Come on. Your children. Come on. And a thousand generations. And your children. In the morning. In the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, he is for you, 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 he is for you. Oh.
Hallelujah. All right. Amen. You're the blessing, folks. You are. If you have the Acts 238 message, if you've been born again, you are a force in the world. Amen. Praise God. Let's lift our hearts one more time. One more time. Brother Alex, would you be so kind as to pray and dismiss us, please?